0: Hi there, Coach Paula here. I know you're getting a lot from Season 1 of Make Him Wonder, and I want you to get even more in Season 2. Go now to the 8020 Wonder Club and become a member. The 8020 Wonder Club is a membership club where you'll get all the new episodes of Season 2 the moment they come out. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. That's the 8020wonder.club. Make this your year to be consistently mindful of what it takes for a relationship to go the distance. Go to the 8020wonder.club, and I'll see you
1: in the clubhouse. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to make him wonder with coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real life relationships ask the expert, unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love.
0: And thanks for joining us today on the Make Him Wonder podcast. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. Each episode, I talk with one real live woman with a real life relationship problem or concern in real time, meaning it's going on for her right now. And today's guest is Amanda, who is in a relationship with Brian, and she basically wants to know how to keep her relationship alive, uh, keep the fire going, and keep her man um, interested for the long term. So, hi, Amanda. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing good, just getting back from a camping trip. Ah, was that with Brian? (laughs) Yes. Yes.
2: Uh huh. Okay.
0: One, oh, and your kids. Okay, great. So I want to hear about some of those particulars um, for everybody here. Um, so tell me, how long have you been in a relationship with Brian? We've been together since April of last year. So that's so going to
2: year.
0: okay, almost a year. <laughs> and you are how old? I'm 26. And Brian is how old? 35 okay and um just for you know interest how did you meet
2: um well he used to actually actually he used to teach at the high school that I attended um wasn't my teacher and then you know you just kind of become friends with people on Facebook so we were friends on there and then when I went through my divorce last year he reached out to me and said you know Hey, do you ever need someone to talk to you? Like, I just went through the same situation. You know, you can reach out to me anytime. We can meet up for a drink. And we just, we met up for a drink and we just hit it off.
0: Wow. Okay. So you're both divorced. Yeah. How long were you each married and how long are you each divorced?
2: Um, he was married for mm, 10 years and then divorced probably six months and then I was just in a six year relationship, married for two and then divorced at that point
0: by about three months. Oh wow. So it was okay. very
2: great.
0: Yeah, really. And this is what I call an eclipse. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. That um generally um I don't recommend for women and you'll hear this on other um Uh, podcasts and when I speak and um, it's that I generally don't recommend that anyone dates a man who hasn't been divorced for a good three to five years, especially if he has children. So your Brian is an anomaly and an eclipse um, because it sounds like you've been going strong for a year. And because I know that you had said to me something about the fact that you're considering blending your families and moving in together.
2: Right. Is that right? Well, p- part of the story too is that, um, I want to say right before June started, um, you know, we took a break cause I told him I haven't had time to process, you know, my relationship that I just, you know, ended and then mourn it because, you know, there's a lot of mourning that goes on whenever you like leave a family. Absolutely. And, um, so I told him, you know, I just need time, and I'm not sure, you know, when that time will be up, but when it is up, you know, we can reconvene and see where we're going to stand. And, um, you know, that lasted until August, and yeah, and then in August, I went to the daughter's birthday party, and it just we felt like we never broke up, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like all the same chemistry and the feelings are there. So then, you know, we, did, we had a conversation and we were like, okay, these are the things that I'm looking for. These are the things that I won't budge on. You know, are we on the same page? And if not, then we need to say goodbye before our kids get hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we decided, you know, we're in it for the same ideas. We're in it for the same end goal. So once we got, you know, all of that cleared and on the table, and I was able to process my feelings about everything. Then
0: we got back together, and it's been
2: really great since then.
0: Wonderful. So, um, the when you said you kind of talked about the parameters, how did you have the conversation, and what were the parameters in your mind? What What did you want to know? You were on the same page about.
2: Well, whenever you know we had dinner and we were talking, it was. He wanted to know kind of what was I looking for, you know, because we were both looking for someone to, you know, be on the same page as the other one. So, you know, he wanted someone that got along really well with his family and, you know, wanted kids and like wanted to be around their kids because sometimes when you have a child, you don't always want to be around your children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was looking for someone in the education field because this sounds silly. But he wanted someone that was in education in some way because you get the same time off and you can spend the same time together and you understand the frustrations of this profession. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wanted someone that he could see himself wanting to come home to. And, you know, he felt that way about me, but he also wanted to make sure that my goals were the same as his. I see. And so my goals were I wanted someone who, you know, wanted to be a partner and not everything in the relationship be like, this is yours, this is mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just wanted someone who was good to me, good to my kid, good to my family. And, you know, before we, you know, took our break, it was perfect. Like everything, you know, we meshed really well. Our families got along and, you know, we knew that everything was happening really quickly before our break, but we both knew kind of, what we were wanting and what we were looking for. So even if it was moving fast, we kind of were like, okay, well, this is fine. And then when we took our break, you know, we kind of came back and we were like, you know, we do need to put the brakes on it a little bit just to make sure that we're not rushing in to replace, you know, the partners that we left Mm -hmm. and that we're not, you know, trying to put a substitute there that we're in it for the person and not the replacement.
0: So did he actually, do you know the, um, the, the, uh, situation regarding him, uh, and getting his divorce, uh, like, did he leave his wife? How did that occur?
2: Um, basically the way it worked was
0: she was having
2: like an emotional affair, um, with someone at work and they came to an agreement at first that, you know, they were to go to counseling and try to make it work. And then, you know, that lasted like a month where they were, you know, talking about counseling and trying to make things work on their own. And then, you know, she kind of one day said, I'm not done with him. So I'm done here. And so it was like, he was like, okay,
0: that's fine. Okay. So now I know a little bit more in terms of my uh, philosophies um, why it is that he was very ready to um, to move on a little more quickly than most men getting a divorce. Um, and for you, I think it is to be um, considered uh, in terms of moving in um, and also um, just in terms of him uh, being uh, really sure uh, that this is something that he's going to want for the long term, um, because um, an affair for a man, even if it was an emotional affair, he he didn't choose to walk out in the marriage. He wanted to try.
2: Perfect.
0: Right. And mm-hmm. how a man looks at a, a divorce is um a failure. And why that is even more so than women do, because we all have a loss related, of course, like you said, to a divorce. But men tend to look at it more as a failure because um, while women live by our emotions, generally speaking, men live by their decisions. And when a man makes a decision to marry and uh, then makes a decision to have a family, he... um, He abides by those decisions, and it's why 80% of divorces are brought by women because, um, in other words, it was his wife that stepped out on him, so to speak, and then uh, she was the one that made the decision about the, um, uh, the divorce, really, and then he had to kind of go along with that because she was choosing someone else. So, um, the thing that is going to be interesting for you now is how do you feel about, um, cause you told me you were moving in, um, you're, you're buying a house together or he's buying a house. How is that working?
2: Um, I think the way that we're going to buy this first house, cause we know that the home that we're moving into together for the first time, is not going to be like our forever home? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're just going to have it when he puts down the money that he gets from his house into a down payment but it'll be in his name because my credit's terrible mm-hmm. so it'll be his name his house that we're looking at and picking together if that makes sense
0: what kind of discussions have you had because you said it's not going to be our forever house mm-hmm. um, what kind of discussions have you had and ha- um, how do you know it's forever? Um,
2: I don't, if I explain it in a weird way, I hope it's okay, but it is <laughs> okay. So basically, you know, we've had the conversation where, you know, we're like, okay, well, are we sure that we're in this for like, you know, forever? And so for us, that means you know, when we're dating, we're not dating to just date and we're not messing around because like we're both very like old school, Uh um, in terms of physical relationships, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, we're both very old school. So, you know, his first wife was, you know, his partner for 10 plus years. And then I was the next person that he partnered with and then same for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just knew that, you know, that was part of our philosophy is that if we are going to be together, it's because we want each other, not because, you know, we need each other, but that want is going to be something that carries on. So, you know, he's told me, you know, I don't even know how many times now, but, you know, you're the one He was like, whenever we broke up, his family was, you know, worried, like, are, are you going to get back with her? Like, are you okay? And he was like, no, I'm going to marry her, but just not right now. And so when we got back together, he told me that. And he was like, I know I'm going to marry you. You know, it's just a matter of when, what month I, ch- I choose to ask you. So we both know that that's the goal is to get married. And, you know, we're in the process of bringing our families closer,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, making sure the kids are comfortable. So we've been doing it at a pace that, you know, makes, makes it to where the kids aren't just like blindsided, I guess. Mm-hmm, right especially because his kids are older, so they know more. And, you know, he's very open with them. Like, we tell them what's going on, what's going on, that kind of thing. And so whenever he's that honest with them he's that honest with me, I don't see a reason to not trust that. So, mm-hmm. you know, his, his view of the future matches up with what I expect. And to me, that's how I know, you know, it will be, something that carries on. It's not just, we're going to move in together. And then a few months later, we don't like it. So we're going to break that. So
0: how, how are you being, um, in my terms, if they're not yours, a little um, more conservative or old fashioned about it? How are you, um, thinking about moving in with him versus marriage first?
2: Um, because, especially like with us having kids, um, it's hard whenever you are with someone that has kids and you don't blend your families. Um, in my opinion, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but in my opinion, you know, you blend your families and, you know, you live together for a while and then you're like, okay, this is how it will be. So this is, you know, like, for us, it's about helping the kids kind of process instead of making them, like, jump feet first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for us, it's like, we will live in together, and then, you know, we've told them this, we're going to move in together, and then at some point, we're going to get married. And so, they've accepted that, you know, we will live together in the summer. Um, and I think right now, they're still processing, like, what marriage to another woman looks like for them. hmm
0: so but besides, um, your children, cause I'm, you know, I'm a dating and relationship coach and I'm all right. about, I'm all about marriage because, um, marriage is a man making a decision and then following through with that decision. so that he is able to bond with the woman. And what I mean by that, if you've read my book, um, that women bond through time and sex Mm -hmm. and men do not bond through time and sex. Men bond in only one way. And that is through making a formal commitment. And the difference is there's a number of things about uh, moving in that make it difficult for marriage to ensue. And this is, um, also borne out by statistics. So in other words, statistics are that 50% of first marriages fail, 67% of second marriages fail, and 74% of third marriages fail. Now, with the first marriage being 50%, a failure rate, If you live together before you get married without being engaged, that statistic goes up to 60%. And I have a theory as to why, because there are different theories as to why that is. Mm -hmm. And the reason I believe that one of the main factors that caused the 60% divorce rate if you live together before that first marriage without the engagement is this, because women live by their emotions, men live by their decisions. So a man who is engaged, that means he's decided that this woman is going to be his wife and he's made a formal proposal right? When a couple's engaged, that's typically what occurs, right? He's asked her to marry him. So see, he's made that decision. And when a man makes a decision, it's kind of like him joining a team. When a man joins a team, he gets his jersey, his locker, his uh, equipment, the number on his jersey, Everybody knows what positions he plays. He's on that team. And a man, if you talk to any man, that means he is committed to that team. And he doesn't just quit because he doesn't feel like being on the team anymore. Men don't do that. Real men, if they make a commitment, they stick to it because if they don't, the other men tease them about being a negative word for a female body part. Right. Right. And so they just don't. Men live by their decisions. And it takes a lot to knock them off those decisions. Even when they're emotionally hurt, even when their feelings feeling, Ergo, like what happened with um, Brian, that even though his wife was having an emotional affair, he was willing to go and work on it. He did do that, went to counseling with her. And then he was going to stick it out and work on it, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's a man who is committed. To his team, and that's what men do because he's made it. He made a decision to commit to that team, ex-wife, team children that was with her, right? Right. It was her that made the decision because of her feelings. Her feelings were greater for the other man, and so she wanted out, right? Right. So, by virtue of a man not making a formal proposal a la engagement, there's one strike against that potential lifelong um, marriage should the couple get married after they've lived together, correct? Okay. That's one strike. Second is that um, I believe what happens with women in love who've decided to live with their boyfriend before being engaged or married is that through the months that they are living together, the time goes on, the woman becomes more bonded because she times she bonds through time and sex, and she's almost trying to prove to him what a great lifelong partner she will be, what a great wife she will be. But because a man does not in any way commit or bond through time and sex, it doesn't work that way for him. So he doesn't become more bonded at all. He only becomes bonded through making the formal commitment. And I I liken that always, and and, um, people have heard me before and know my book, is that is... For women, it's the puppy principle at work. Right. That way of bonding, right? Meaning yeah. that, so you've read my book. Well, so you, right. So the puppy principle, meaning that you can love all puppies, but in order to adopt one, you have to, it has to fit a set of criteria, only one of which is loving it. You love love them all, but you find this puppy that you love, it has to be the right time for you, the right um, finances for you. You have to take it on as a responsibility. Everybody sees pet ownership as being, right? You know, you can afford it, all those things, right? And so what happens when you do adopt your puppy, you start to bond with it in a way through making the decision to commit to it because you can love all puppies in a moment. You see a puppy, you love it, but it's the one you make the formal commitment to and you take it on as your responsibility that you actually start bonding to. That's mine. I take care of it in a way. And I just don't, give that up and walk away from it because I don't feel like caring for it anymore. Right. So I'm saying this not to throw a wet blanket on your, um, thinking about moving in, but it's something that I want you and all women to think about because the statistic of second marriages is that 60% of them statistically end in divorce. And then, if you use the statistic of uh, the premise of the statistic of the fact that first marriages, if people live together prior to it, have a 10% higher divorce rate, you want to think about that. So, my question to you is what keeps you from either holding back and not moving in until you're married? (laughs) and continuing to do things that are working really well or getting a formal engagement prior to moving in. So I guess my question to follow up that question, I'm sorry.
2: Yes. My question would be like, would I ask about that or would I, ah, I love that. My, is this kind of like where I need to be in order to do this? Love it.
0: You're second, you're on the right track. That The way you approach that is so important. And that's why I love the question. It (laughs) is, I am so happy that you want to move forward with this because I do as well. And I think we're, you know, a great couple and a great team. And I feel... Um, you know, I, am sure you guys have said you love each other and you want to be together and he knows that, right? Right. So, and he also knows your values and he knows your values. And so you say, you know, here's the thing. I really want us to be a couple and I really want us to last. And I want to know that we are committed because we both know the pain of divorce we both don't want our children to have to deal with that kind of breakup. They have already been through that, and we're going to be a blended family. I want to show my, uh, I don't know if you have one child or children, but I want to show that child that it is a very serious commitment, and in order to move in, um, I feel at minimum, I would need to be engaged formally because I want to show that to my children. And I also want us to be, I want us to be completely committed. And that is really something that I would want us to be on the same page about. And you kind of leave it. And he, what would he say If you just gave him that little speech I made. See, you know, I don't know.
2: I feel like he would react one of two ways. Um, Either he would get a little anxious, like, oh, I have to do this now. And because, you know, we're thinking about moving in, you know, the summer. And so I wonder if he would either get anxious, like he has to propose to me like next Tuesday. Or if he would say, "Well, you know, I don't really, I don't really know if right now is the moment," and then hold off, you know, it makes me wonder. Okay, but so from our conversation, it seems like it seems. I just my thing is I feel like he would get anxious instead of saying, "Okay, you know, let's take this with a grain of salt. Like it doesn't have to be right now."
0: Okay, so here's my question to you. If engagement to you makes him anxious, what's going on with that?
2: So he's an overthinker. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, I mean, and he's, he's just an overthinker. And, you know, he worries about things, and especially when it comes to the kids. Um, You know, like this is our first time camping together, all of us, with uh-huh. the kids. You know, okay. and so he was anxious. You know, will they be okay with it? And every time they are, because you know they like to spend the night at my house without him. And you know, they're totally fine with us as a couple. So he gets anxious about things until they happen, and then he sees okay to the spot. And okay. so I just wonder if he would get anxious in the same
0: respect. Okay, but here's the thing: that anxiety from him is okay. And here's what I coach, you know, uh, everyone, um, every woman that I deal with, is that him being a little bit off balance, if you know from my book, book, is good. And here's why. Because women love through knowing. Men love through wondering. And being off balance is wondering. And whether that's wondering about the woman which we want all the time, a little bit of wonder. Um, Also that this kind of being off balance, it in this instance is good because if he really cannot see himself proposing and pulling that trigger and I get back to making the decision, then that, isn't really something that I would recommend for you because that's the way he's going to begin to really bond through making that formal decision and then sticking to it. So even if it's a little off-putting, and you can pay deference to that, say, I know this may seem... Um, may seem rushed or not what you're expecting at this time but I've been really digging down deep on this doing some heavy thinking if it's if you're both religious or he understands praying about it um, soul searching whatever word or term that is um, uh, real to you that it is not something I feel I should do. Um, it's not something I'm comfortable with. And I want, to, I want to set us up for the best possibility of, um, of real um, success. And it is just something I feel, because men know that we live by our feelings, It is something I feel I would need prior to moving in. And that is not in any way an ultimatum for you. It is not something where I'm saying um, I don't want to stay in this relationship. It is not at all that. Because that isn't what you're saying.
2: No, and that's not how I feel.
0: Exactly. So it would be if this isn't the right time for you, Because again, for the man, it needs to be about the right time. I perfectly understand that. And I'm just asking that you understand that while it may not be the right time for you, that's absolutely fine. It, It just would not be right for me to move in. And we would keep going forward, but it is not something that would feel right to me. Because he needs to be considering that. Because let me tell you, if, The idea of being formally engaged, and I don't mean you get married in a month, right? Right. It's being engaged with the idea that you are going to have, you are going to get married. And it needs to be formal. It needs to be public. By that, I mean, it can, you have a, and I don't care if the ring is $10. It's the Mm -hmm. symbol, right? It's the symbol that means something. Um, that he, because a symbol is about his decision. And that's what is so significant. Um, And it it is not in any way the ultimatum of that you're not going to go forward. You are, but you want the time to be right. And it's just your value system and what you're showing your children. And I think... I think a man will respect that. And I get back to the point is if it makes him so nervous and anxious to think about having to uh, ask you to be his wife vis-a-vis an engagement, then it should make you very nervous to move in. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah,
2: I mean it makes. I mean it makes perfect sense. Like I probably should have come to that conclusion myself. Like when you asked me, and I just, you know, I guess you kind of think, okay, like it wouldn't be on the table if he felt that way.
0: Right. Right. And and I'm not saying he, you know, here's the thing is that, um, you know, he's going to be a, if again, it's it's the whole thing really when it gets down to the nuts and bolts. If that makes him too anxious and nervous, then it's not something he's really ready for. And the living together, what happens is just what you said when I asked you about, you know, why it might be that marriages fail, second marriages, and why they fail, uh, why marriages in general fail more if people live together beforehand, is because it's too easy. To get out of, right, or easier, I should say, it's never easy because let's face it, if you move in regardless, any kind of breakup will be awful, right? Because right, breakups are right. just awful. Um, but if when you're when you're married and that commitment be- through him making that decision, it's so funny that you know I would say we as women, while we want marriage and commitment. We are actually the sex that doesn't need it because we are committed and totally bonded through time and sex. We don't we don't ha- we don't make a- do with taking on a puppy. We just do we love and we commit through that love alone. Women commit through love alone. Men do not. That's really interesting. So it is. I'm I'm glad you feel. I mean, I have to say, you know, Amanda, you are like very mature for 26. Are you told that all the time? (laughs) I am actually.
2: (laughs) What's that? I am. I mean,
0: it's and
2: it's like that sounds like oh okay, but no. I mean, I do get that a lot because I look at I try to look at things without emotion and just see both sides of it. Uh And it's interesting because, you know, what you're saying about women is true. Like, you know, the first time we, you know, had sex, it was like, I, you know, I held out until he loved me and then I gave in. And he was glad I missed that. You held out to what? I held out until he said, I love you. And you. I was like, okay, well, if you love me, then you're allowed to have that part of me.
0: Exactly. Right. It's so wise because that's what a man, you see, I, now I understand completely too, why he holds you in such a theme and will want you to be, uh, the, the mother figure for his children. Right. Mm-hmm. And why he, he couldn't get you out of his mind and why he believes you to be the one. Right. Right. That
2: I mean- makes total sense. But then on the other side of that, it makes sense, you know, why th- the way he works makes sense whenever you put it in terms of they have to make decisions, you know.
0: Yes. Yeah. He
2: made the decision that we would get back together. So when we did, it was like self-fulfilling for him. That's right. And that's great. And so I guess that's my thing is that you know he's like we will like move in together. It was just a matter of when he
0: felt comfortable, you know. Right, but you don't want to put that on you don't want to give him that total power in other no. words it's you are as a female coming at it from a feminine energy which is yes you and and it's all kind of um just energy and not explicitly said you're showing because it because it goes back to what i say always women live um we we communicate verbally, they communicate through action. Right. And so the action that you want to show him, because that's how he communicates is that I care for you. I love you. And I'm um, a woman of value that while you make your decisions, like you did, um, I make decisions also according to, to what it is that you show me. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't, then he just feels he's the complete and other decision maker, and you're just going along, and that devalues you.
2: Okay, because I feel like that might have been my downfall for my last relationship on my end.
0: Uh huh. What because do you mean?
2: Well, because that was how I was in the last relationship was, you know, I was so enamored and so in love that Uh I didn't state the things that I needed. I just said, when you're ready, it will happen.
0: Ah, yes. And
2: so I feel like that's true, that it did take away a lot of my value for him. That's
0: right. Yeah, it does, unfortunately. Because, you know, it's like you're giving somebody everything they want, but yet yep. for men, and and this is a, a basic tenet of men, and I uh, use a, a sports metaphor for this because uh, I think it's the easiest thing for us as women to understand, that, you know, sports actually come from the mind of males. In other words, when we were, you know, cave people, probably some cave guy went out with another cave guy, picked up a rock and started throwing it. And whoever could catch it was the best cave guy or something. You know what I mean? Like sports come from the mind of males. And because, you know, my three C's of men, three C's of women, three C's of men, they are all about uh, challenge, competition, and conquering. At their very core. At our core, we are about cooperation, connection, connection, and caretaking. We're not ever going to change those things, uh, you know, maybe in the year, you know, 5019 <laughs> that we will have evolved into that, but we're, we're not going to change those things. And so a man needs to always be jumping a few hurdles to get the time, attention and affection of the woman he wants to achieve. And if he doesn't, he doesn't feel like he has a worthy opponent. And what I mean by that is that if LeBron James or Steph Curry plays a high school basketball team, if their team, LeBron, uh, the Lakers play a high school basketball team and they win, does it mean anything to LeBron James and the Lakers? No, no, it doesn't mean anything because they weren't a worthy opponent. And that is the high value woman who says, you know, I care for you. I like you. I love you. I want to be with you, but these are my standards. Wow, that's a high value woman and a worthy opponent. I just don't get to make the decisions up to when, how, where, and why. She also does, and so it is something to consider.
2: No, it really is. I mean, it really makes you rethink like the way you do things because that you know that's exactly what I did in the past was okay. I will follow you. I will do what you say. You know wherever you want to go, I'm mm-hmm. gonna follow. It. Right. And so it's kind of like me being a puppy. And mm-hmm. now whenever you put it in these, in that term of, you know, a worthy opponent, yeah, like you should say, you know, I'm valuable, like treat me as such. And he right. and he does, like I don't, he, does. that right. he doesn't see me as valuable, but right. in those terms, that makes sense.
0: Right. And it's not that he doesn't. It is that you don't, you want to continue to do things. To keep him feeling that. And those things are exactly what I'm talking about, which is, you know, I love you, care about you, I want to be with you, but I, I'm not, I've been thinking, I'm not, there's something about this that I'm not comfortable with. And it's not you. It's the idea of moving in before I am formally engaged. It's just not something that I feel I want to do. And then he's going to be like, well, yeah, well, you know, and it's going to be, let him, let him be off balance for a while and just say, listen, you know, I want you to take your time. There's nothing you have to say now. You need to, you know, think about this. And I'm not giving you an ultimatum about it. I'm just telling you where I stand and he's going to need to go to his man cave and think about it, right? Right. That's what men need to do. Because I always say, whatever time it takes you as a woman to make an emotional decision, which is almost immediately, because we know (laughs) we're connected to our emotions, right? Exactly. Time that by three times minimum. So that
2: will probably take him about four or five days
0: to process it. It's going to take him four or five days to process it. And then he's going to come back to you, his best friend and confidant, right? Because as a woman, you as a female partner, you are his best friend. He's not really yours. And what I mean by that is that we have to keep an air of mystery and vagueness about us because we need to keep him wondering. And because his three C's are about challenge, um, competition and conquering, we don't wanna make him what we need a best friend to be, which is our three C's, cooperation, connection and caretaking. Mm -hmm. So we have our best friends we have a female best friend, a sister, a mother, all the female friends in our lives. We have that. He doesn't. He. That's why he wants you to be his as his partner. And that's fine. You are. That's really interesting.
2: Yeah. So... <laughs> I never really you know. like... I mean, I've read that before, but I didn't think about it like that. Like, you know, I can't be for him what he is
0: for me right right and and but here's the thing we have to value men for what they are for us and what they bring to us which is a whole host of other things that our female friends and mothers and all that don't bring to us right right yeah and we do and we want to value them we just can't make them our best friend which which takes away also their sense of wonder about us
1: this is make him wonder with coach paula grooms coaching conversations for women in love
0: i was talking to somebody the other day about um, being on a, a date with a guy she said well you know um, he's going to ask me this and that about past relationships or whatever, and I feel it's too soon to be telling him. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. It's going to be way too soon. And sometimes it's too soon always <laughs> to tell him about past relationships, right? But she said, well, how am I going to like get around that? And I said, you can be vague. Absolutely just be vague. And he'll accept that. For example, um, well, why did you and your ex uh, break up? And the answer would be something, you know, he's a great guy, but it just wasn't right. It didn't feel right. Um, We just didn't see eye to eye on certain things. Um, We just didn't get along the way I really know that a couple that's going to make it for the long term needs to get along. Now that was really vague, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't give any particulars. He did this, I did that, we did right. And, And a guy would just look at that and go, oh. Now, if you were to tell that to a girl, right? A woman friend, she would be thinking in her mind, even if she didn't say anything about it, she'd be thinking, wow, that's really like, she's really being vague.
2: Right. We get into
0: we the details, right? Yeah, we're going to get into the details. The man is perfectly fine with that. He'll be perfectly fine with that. He may ask later, but he's not going to delve into it then. I can almost guarantee you. And that's what I mean about not being uh, too with with details and remaining a bit vague. Yeah, and see, I didn't do that with him. It's hard not to. It's really hard not to. Um, I check myself all the time doing it because it's our normal way of relating. But it doesn't inspire a man's desire the way, if you're vague, he keeps wondering. And if he's actively wondering, he's actively loving.
2: And see, I think part of the problem for me with him is that with, you know, not keeping things vague is that he, his background is counseling. And so Ah. like that's how we, you know, talk to each other. We counsel each other, Mm. you know, whenever he's going through something, you know, I hear Mm -hmm. him and if he's asking like, you know, for help, then I try to, you know, kind of put it back to him with their point of view.
0: Uh instead of telling him what he should do. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And he wants wants you to do that, and I would recommend that for every woman. That's wonderful because you're giving the power to him, and you're having the decision-making. In other words, questions are always better than the uh, answers, right? So if he comes to you with an issue and you ask him questions and you put it back on him, that's actually really, really good. And I think that's what I try to do because I know that he
2: can look at a situation and, you know, figure out the dynamics. But I think, you know, sometimes we all get caught up in our own emotions and especially, you know, being with him. He's definitely more in touch with his emotions than my ex-husband. Right. So mm-hmm. I approach things differently with him because I know that he will understand what he's feeling more so than somebody right. else Right. Like. Right, And and I think it's, you know, just interesting, like, instead of giving him that veil over me,
0: I'm just very open. Ah, well, that's just where you want to just be thinking about that because um, that takes away his sense of wonder. Right. And you can do that to some degree, right, to give him a sense of being purposeful in your life right? Mm -hmm. But tangible things for a man, no matter how, um, uh, how evolved he is, which your guy being in counseling and so forth sounds like he is emotionally evolved, right? Mm -hmm. Still giving him tangible things to work with is going to probably be a little, um, better than fixing emotional things for you. Because that's why you have your mother, sister, girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And that's why he has you, but you have the other females in your life to discuss those things with. So then
2: when I'm having a day at work or an issue, like on a personal level with someone, I don't go to him for that.
0: You know what I uh, really like? And I think I put this in my book that like, for example, um, men need to feel that they're the masculine, wonderful place to fall when you're struggling. So, for example, if you've had a hard day at work, you probably have a lot of particulars about whatever it is, the coworkers, the boss, the just the, the environment at work, whatever it is, right? And you could mm-hmm. probably, if we were friends um, or you talked to your best friend about it, you could probably go on for half an hour with the details, right? Right. Yeah. So instead, when you come home and you're uptight about something at work, say, Honey, I'm really stressed you know it'd be just so wonderful to just just if you hold me for a while and we sit together and then I'll just let it go and, and de stress and we can have dinner. Something like that. Because then he gets to feel he's the big masculine place for you to fall, right? But you're not bogged down in the details of it that are more connecting cerebrally and via your intellect, right? And because he is a counselor, he's going to go to that place, right? Mm -hmm. But connecting Mm -hmm. via your, what you as a couple really need to maintain, which is your love relationship.
2: So going the heart, this, right. When, so whenever he comes to me, I'm his comfort. I'm his confidant. Absolutely.
0: No so worries about that. Me,
2: but if I'm reaching to him, then I lose that veil.
0: That's right. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because he'll, he'll, in the moment it will feel good and it will feel like you're connecting but that's not how a man stays actively desiring and loving. It's really if that makes sense. Yes, no, yeah. I mean,
2: it does. And I mean, it makes total sense.
0: Yeah. So that's, it's just a little tweak. It's not saying you never tell him things, right? Mm-hmm. It's just being more vague about it. If he says, how was your day? Um, you know, go up to him, let him hold you. Oh, it was just one of those days, you know, and then you can maybe throw in one little detail. Oh, you know, Sally did her thing again. It was just so annoying, but, oh, I just feel better if you just hold me. Okay.
2: You know, that's, and, all. and, that's, and that's, you know, that's why I always like wonder, I'm like, am I, you know, I feel like I do treat him like a best friend because that's how I feel about him. Right. And it's like, I mean, especially in our situation, like we have, like, we have very minimal time to be with each other, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Right. And, and so it's like, you know, you kind of want to just shove it all into like two hours.
0: Right. Yes. Yes. I totally get that. Yep. I totally understand. But we have to think more along the lines of what's going to be his way of loving, what's going to continue to be, um, maintain the uh, relationship over the long run is connect to what it is that he needs. And it's not that you don't get your needs met. It's that you really have to get them met elsewhere in that way, because let's face it, you're not going to want to. You have a best friend that you can go to about all those things and talk for hours about it, and she's going to be fine with it, right?
2: Right.
0: Him. You want him in your life for romance, sex, moving heavy furniture, being the <laughs> be, uh, fixing the car, being the man of the house. Um. Uh, being a father to your figure, to your kids, so to speak, and all those different things that a best friend can never do and never be, right?
2: Right, and it's like I thought, I guess the way I looked at it before was that you shouldn't pigeonhole a man into only those roles because that's not how you should look at it, but it makes sense if that's how they feel in a relationship.
0: Right, because it just takes away their sense of wonder. And it does not see, because men, we we relate via verbalization. They relate via action. And it is, and I'm talking about heterosexual men via heterosexual women and that whole thing. So we just have to be, careful because we we don't want to make him it's not really pigeonholing it's allowing what is natural in a relationship to really flourish and for him to continually be interested via wondering even on the smallest level. Um, I often use an example of a friend of mine who's been married for 30 years. He's got two grown kids. He's, he's a great guy and he's actually, he's also a social worker. So he's one of those guys that, you know, connects the, uh, you know, um, verbalization to a great degree and all of that. And he's, um, a little more evolved than a lot of guys. Right. Um, in that way. Um, but he was I was telling him about the wondering thing and um when I was writing my book and he said, Oh yeah, I said, You know what's so interesting? He said, like, I'll text my wife and like she doesn't get back to me. Like for like four hours or something. And I'm just thinking, What the heck is she doing? He said, Why is she answering? What's going on? right? And, he, and I said, are you worried about her? And he goes, no, no, no. I'm just, and he said, I'm just wondering what she's doing. <laughs> see, that's all. And I, and I said, you wife. Now I see why you've been married for four, for 30 some years. She gets it. She may not even be doing it purposely or even knowingly, but that's why it's working. That's so interesting. Yeah. Cause he does comment on that. Like
2: if I'm working and I don't have a chance to respond to him, Uh sometimes I'll open something and he's like, well, you opened it, but you didn't message me back. And I'm like, yeah, I was busy. And he gets kind of like offended. He's like, oh, okay.
0: Right. Right. It makes him wonder. That's all in that little way. And you, you know, uh, vary it up bury up that texting. You know, sometimes you answer right away, other times you don't answer for hours. That is keep really it short. Yep. Well I'm call a lot you of texting. Phone if I don't
2: call him after work, he's like, Well, I thought something happened. Like, are you cool? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm fine. hmm Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. He's wondering and that's great. And you need to keep in an active state of that. that is so that really, that's, really that's funny. one of the answers to the questions about um keeping things alive so we did we did get that question answered for you today right and, and then yeah. everybody
2: well and i also have a couple more questions answered that i didn't realize i had
0: okay
1: well, i hear I mean, you you
2: know just earlier i'm so sorry I no he baby in the back but, I mean, you know, it's nice to know, like, some of the questions that I had unknowingly, you know. Yes. It's interesting to know how to think about things now.
0: Yes. It's 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 important to to think about that, and I hope you will going forward. Um, and uh, really think about, make, and for any woman. Because um, the living together proposition is usually... It's, it's just now it happens all the time, right? And I would say eclipses happen and they're going to be people that get um, married uh, via living together. But I work with these strategies and approaches that give women the best chance for absolute long-term commitment and success. So I don't work in the boundaries of the eclipses or the anomalies or the friend of a friend of a friend that lived together for 20 years and then got married. You know, exactly. it, I, I just don't work within that because um, I always say to women, think of yourself as an, as exceptional. You are an exceptional woman, but not as the exception to the rule. Because if you think of yourself as the exception of the rule, you can be exceptionally heartbroken. That's a really good way of putting it thank you yeah i think it's very helpful to think about you know think along those lines because each woman is exceptional in her way but we don't ever want to think about being the exception to the rule because that's a hard hard road and can lead to much heartbreak and hard truth right yep so I am really glad we had this conversation today. I think it's such a valuable uh, conversation for women to have um, in terms of, you know, living together pre, you know, pre-marriage, and before marriage. So this has been an awesome conversation, Amanda. Thank you so much for being a, a guest today on Make Him Wonder. Thank you. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. And uh, if you know someone who might make a good guest for a future Make Him Wonder podcast, uh, there's gonna be information after this to connect. And please do so because you could be a guest talking to me about your real life love and romance. And if you have a real life love and romance, make sure you are always making him wonder.
1: If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at MakeHimWonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you. Thanks for listening to Make Him Wonder.